Josh and I share our thoughts on Bethesda, Crossplay, and why the Tokyo Game Show has got its groove back. All this and more on this episode of The Game Source Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Gerald Glassford with Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, along with my good friend Josh Peterson. We'll be talking some Death Stranding, Tokyo Game Show, and our thoughts on crossplay we recorded just before Sony's big announcement for gamers. But first, if you're a Bethesda fan and you like everything that they have to offer, whether it's Fallout series, Quake series, Prey, Wolfenstein, what have you, it is a big time for them because this is their big showcase for all their fans. I know we mentioned briefly about Fallout 76 coming. I'm not as big on it because it looks like it's going to be in that Fallout realm, which is not graphically the greatest in the world, but it's taking that next step to almost like a, what, a Destiny type format with a, a multiplayer centric game. I could be moved wrong. I could be swayed in a different direction. I could, I could end up actually really liking the game, but what are your thoughts on Fallout 76? I am interested in Fallout 76, and I'm not. It's It looks like a very ambitious game. It also looks like one of those games that where the possibilities for trolling are nearly infinite. Just the fact that you can go out and buy, or you can go look for pieces uh, or remotes or whatever to the missile silos. So you spend all this time building your base, you and your buddies, and then it can just get blown up. Or you can have somebody else who's on the map also building a base just come over and start attacking you at any minute so it looks like it could be fun and i don't know like what the dynamics would be of playing it by yourself but just it looks like the the trolling possibilities are infinite and i know they showed some footage of doom eternal kind of dug into that a little bit you know we talked about doom the other day i i just i don't i'm still not sold on it it's fun it's fun to play it's like a mindless game it's fun to play but there's not a lot of story and i'm still because Bethesda is known so much for story-driven games, I'm just, I'm. It's almost like I'm expecting more from it. I would like less like hordes of people coming at me and more of an in-depth story for whatever depth a story like Doom can reach. You're um, right, and and uh, well, when it comes to Doom, I'm still way back when. Like I said, I've uh, my fondest thoughts of the Doom series still come from the '90s. Yes, I did play a little bit of the updated rebooted doom and doom eternal coming i probably will have my hands on that at some point in time is it something i'm really clamoring to eh, you know we'll have to wait and see it did look good what i saw that was played so far i, I really liked what was shown off uh, but I'm, am i in love with it no it's it's not a gotta get game for me right now but it is something that i am keeping on my radar because of the doom history because of the doom factor and and i still just warms my heart even when somebody even just mentions the word doom from all the great memories i have way back when 
when it comes to Quake Champions, it was nice to see that they are actually finalizing the fact that it is going to forever now be a free-to-play game. I thought that was a great thing for the game and also the fans itself to just identify it as, hey, we're no longer going to be trying to think about charging it at one price. It's going to be a free-to-play game. We gave it a trial as a free-to-play game. It seems to be going well. And from this point forward, we're going to be going ahead and, and keeping it as a free-to-play game. I know they showed off Prey and Wolfenstein in VR, and it still doesn't get me, man, as far as the VR is concerned. But when all is said and done, when it comes to when people are looking back on this VR segment portion of the video gaming scene, and they're going to look at that three to five years when VR was really something that people were trying to push out there, people will probably have to say that Bethesda tried to capitalize on it the most because they have tried every which way to to make sure that all their games are going to be on that type of format and almost every other one as well because Wolfenstein going on Switch now you're going to hear and now you're getting Doom on Switch and pretty much every other Bethesda game is going to be going on Switch as well which is great for you as a Switch owner my friend I know you don't mind that at all the thing is you know these Bethesda games are meant to be played on a big screen so how they're going to translate to us to the switch would be interesting i did buy skyrim and there are parts that you know it's fun i love having this big console experience in the palm of my hands but it's you know there's some parts like you really got to adjust the brightness for some games like when you're dungeon crawling in skyrim it's really hard to see when there's like a reflection on the screen so you got to up the brightness and do all that stuff but i mean it's it's still fun, and I would love to see you know them push more things. I would love to have Prey on the Nintendo Switch. Like That would be something I'd definitely be interested in playing. As far as VR goes, I do love their dedication to the platform. I haven't heard great things about VR. I know a lot of people like uh, a lot of people like playing Skyrim, but my question would be like, you know, once the novelty of the fact that it is a VR game wears off, is it frustrating? Because I know it's kind of goes back to the whole thing with motion gaming. Even like the Wii, the Wii was not perfect. You would play sports games and you would try to swing. You had to be right where the sensor is. Sometimes it wouldn't pick up your hands, things like that. And with VR, the technology relies on the visor and the hands. And that's how it tells what you're doing. So where do, where do the glitches come in? At what point does it become frustrating? There's just a lot of questions there that I don't think the technology is good enough, especially to support a game like something that Bethesda has. Uh, I you know, I love that they're looking into it. And if anyone can crack the the VR problem, it is Bethesda, but you know, I just don't think the tech's there yet. One thing that we didn't mention so far that I think is getting left out by a lot of people, and that is Rage 2. What are your thoughts on Rage 2? I know we got some more video of it this weekend at QuakeCon and I'm not sure that it's still a hard sell for everybody out there because Rage in itself was something that was heavily pushed, heavily promoted, and didn't get quite the payoff as far as sales or the actual game structure itself. So now they're trying to push a Rage 2 on us with saying, hey, it's going to be better this time around. Do you think in your heart when you watch the video and watch the footage of Rage 2 that it is going to be something that it's going to be a lot better this time around? Uh, maybe. See, I wasn't exactly disappointed with Rage 1. The thing that bothered me about it was that they hyped it up like it was going to be the beginning of a new franchise, and then I invested all this time into it, and I didn't get to see what happened next, especially since it ended on a cliffhanger. But now, however, there are so many games out there like Rage 2, or, you know, like Rage, that it's 
makes me wonder what do they what are they going to offer me that I can't get elsewhere. I love the idea that the developers of Mad Max are working on this game and if anyone can handle it it's them, but you know, it, it's going to be a a busy season for gaming. So what are they going to offer me that's going to make me want to squeeze it into my schedule of games that I want to play? So far I haven't seen anything that really impresses me that much. I want you know, I want a story. Like, I don't want to just go out into the wastelands and just, you know, shoot up mutants and, and crazy people and all that. If I want to do that, I would just play Borderlands again. So what are they going to, what's going to be in this game that's going to make me want to play? What's the hook? And I just haven't been hooked yet. And I think the most important thing that Bethesda is really behind the concept of crossplay. When talking about the games that are coming out for them, including Elder Scroll Legends, and I'm sure also as well Fallout 76 as well coming up. But I think it was focused more on the Elder Scroll Legends, which is coming to pretty much all the platforms that are out there. They stated that, quote, we cannot have a game that works one way across everywhere else except for on this one thing. We can't be talking about one version of Legends where you take your progress with you and another version where you stay within the ecosystem or it's walled off from everything else. That is counter to what the game has been about, end quote. So I'm telling you right now, they are very serious about pushing the issue when it comes to crossplay. The game in question, The Elder Scroll Legends, which is going to be something that you're going to be able to play across all the platforms, including your mobile, and take your progress over to any single platform that you have, So in the case, let's say myself, I have an Android phone plus an Xbox One and also a PS4, and I'm able to take it to all those. Same with you, my friend. You have from your phone to your Switch, to your PS4, to your Xbox One, to any of those platforms. That game is about all about taking your progress from one platform to another. And it clearly seems like if PlayStation doesn't want to play ball, that they're not going to be able to get what they would like to out of it because they're probably going to even get a copy of the Elder Scroll Legends if that's the case. That is an issue because that would leave a lot of PlayStation 4 owners out and that could send a big signal that these large developers have had enough of PlayStation 4's reluctance for not utilizing crossplay. I understand what Rob McCallum and Douglas Hoibu have said in the past about the importance of crossplay. But I think it is becoming more and more important, and I think it has become a sticking point with developers at this point in time. Oh, I totally agree. You know, you make a game that goes on multiple platforms, and you you want them to be able to interact because people don't have money to go out and buy multiple consoles anymore, especially, you know, in this current market where where people are downloading games that are going out and buying them, and people are... You know, they'd rather sit at home instead of someone going out and buying a Nintendo Switch or an Xbox to play Fortnite with their friends. It's just it's it makes sense that they it, it seems like it's more profitable to have a game that spans across all consoles instead of just, uh, you know, having the gate closed off and not letting people play. The same, you know, Minecraft, Fortnite, Elder Scrolls. It makes sense. And it's it, it seems like it's a smart economic move. Yet Sony is not playing ball. And it seems like. If anything, they're going to lose money from stuff like this. So why why would they not just give in and let it happen? I, they want to monopolize their products, but you know, I think in the end that's going to cost them money, especially if there's a trend that continues to happen. You know, who's who who knows what's going to happen in Fallout 76? You know, you have that that's going to be a huge game and if you can't go if they want to do cross-platform and Sony locks them off again, it's there's going to be issues because people 
want consoles that they can play with their friends. So that's why, you know, I'm predicting that if this becomes a bigger issue, there's going to be more people moving away from Sony and into Microsoft and Nintendo territory because... Especially if the PlayStation 5 would come out and it not has that feature. Yeah, exactly. And I, it just it seems stupid to me that Sony doesn't want to do it. This is important. This is what people have always wanted. And it seems like Sony th- wants to have such a tight hold on the market that they believe that locking off cross-platform play is going to sell more consoles or games or whatever, but it doesn't. And there are, you know, as far as like people that I've talked to, I know more people with Xboxes than I do PlayStation. So it's it's just, it's a really weird thing. And it the gamer community, you know, is, is fickle and angry and, you know, as mean as they are, they have all come together over this issue. And if that's happening, you know, this is like the, people of middle earth all uniting to fight sauron this is something like if this is happening then it's probably something that you should be paying attention to it's not 1988 it's not 1998 it's not 2008 it is 2018 i understand sony and playstation have constantly tried to make the excuse that there's platform issues that there's technical issues no don't give me that it's 2018 and if a system as in well, actually, you know, let's be honest. As technically inferior as the Nintendo Switch is, comparatively speaking, to the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4, if that can do crossplay, if they get it, if a Nintendo, which has been backwards in their thinking on about online, is in league with Xbox One and they're having, you know, a love fest and they can go ahead and do crossplay and all that, and PlayStation 4 doesn't want to play ball or step up to the plate, that to me is truly wrong. It's 2018. You can't deal with this anymore. You can't think of these old things in the past. You've got to have a system that's going to be able to be adaptable and have the crossplay to play with your friends because it's just what people want to do now these days. There are more and more people that are clamoring for it. And it just so happens that, yes, the PlayStation 4 is still the biggest boy on the block right now as far as sales are concerned. But with Nintendo and Xbox, aligning themselves and making them available for crossplay, it just makes it that much more attractive. And with PlayStation 4, it it could be an issue where, yeah, your sales are pretty much done for now. And, and as far as this cycle is concerned, you're going to get maybe another 5, 10, maybe 15 million more. But you've got a, something coming up around the corner, which you've said is going to be even better than what you had before. And if you want to really sell it to a large audience and have the same goodwill that you did at the beginning of the PlayStation 4 cycle then you better take the steps to do it because crossplay is a reality whether you like it or not. And there's a lot of people that really are want to be able to go ahead with play with their friends on any console across any platform. And when it comes to the PlayStation 4 itself, it's just the fact that, you know, hey, it's 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 2018 and there should be no excuse why you can't do it because it just makes your system more attractive and People are going to choose your system based off of the games that you have that are exclusive to it. I'm not going to really choose a Nintendo Switch or an Xbox One because I can do either which one in crossplay and not choose a PlayStation 4 if it has crossplay as well. I'm going to choose a system that has the best games to my taste. And at this point in time, right now, PlayStation 4 has come out on top so far. And if they want to continue to stay on top, I think they have to go ahead and adapt crossplay to their system. Yeah, I agree. It's time. Break down the, the walls, bring the gamers together. If anything, the gamers are all about community. You know, they love you. They go out to these events, E3, Gamescon. Um, 
cliques, whatever, like they they love to come together over issues as divisive as they can be. And if this is what the gamers want, this is where the market's heading. It seems like it's only a smart decision to go out and pick and give the fans what they want. It's not like I honestly I don't see the negative side of it because Sony like people buy Sony, people buy PlayStation, people buy Xbox is like. I'm more uh, geared towards buying the console that has the most exclusives. But, you know, we we play a lot of games, so naturally I have all three. But, like, I like the idea, like, you know, my Halo or whatever is going to... I want to play on Xbox. Or if there's a, uh, you know, like an exclusive Square title, probably going to be on PlayStation. So it, it all depends on what you like to play. But it's nice to have the option of being able to play with your buddies. It is. And if in the long term that PlayStation 4 wants to stay out on top and also have the PlayStation 5 be an integral part of everyone's future when it comes to buying a console, then crossplay is not a hope to happen, but it needs to happen, and it will happen if Sony smartens up to it. What are your thoughts on crossplay? Is it something that you need to have in your future when it comes to the PlayStation 4? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. We'll be back with more of the Game Source podcast right after this. Looking for an edge the next time you take on your favorite video game? Then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Well, my friend, we're coming down to the end of another episode. It's just an awesome time to always talk to you, my friend. I know we got a lot of stuff that's in the fire when it comes to our episode coming out on Friday. Looking forward to that. But any last thoughts on maybe the Tokyo Game Show that just happened with Death Stranding, Devil May Cry, and a lot of other games that got a lot of other pub that you saw? In fact, that took a long time. It spaced itself out well when we were talking about Kingdom Hearts 3 at earlier, about a, over almost a week ago, to where it is now when it comes to a lot of the games that are being talked about at the Tokyo Game Show and how it's regained its importance in the video game world. It's weird because a lot of the developers are, are actually making big announcements and showing, premiering big trailers at the Tokyo Game Show. And that's something that maybe it happened once upon a time, but it's something we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, Capcom is a, one who really did take advantage of the press that they had there. They put out a new trailer for the Resident Evil remake, which looks fantastic. Devil May Cry 5, we saw a new trailer for that. I got to see a little bit about what the story's about and a little bit of the uh, the characters in action. And uh, they actually said that you'd be able to use... They showed some some footage of you being able to use Mega Man's uh, Mega Blaster. And so that looks fun. And that's, that's a little thing we haven't been able to do before. Also, I know you're talking about Death Stranding. So I didn't actually get to see this one. But what? tell me about it. Well, the big news from that is not only, is it, not only was it more gameplay... I, and when you're saying gameplay, when it comes to a Kojima game, I don't know if you can actually call it game playing per se. It's more like game experiencing to me. And there was more game experiencing with a new character that was introduced, 
which is being voiced by veteran voice actor that a lot of people think is one of the best, if not the best in the industry, Troy Baker, which got a lot of interest from the outlets out there. I noticed it got a lot of pub and it you know, just got a lot of worldwide notice when it comes to this type of game. And with Norman Reedus, that's already been you know shown in detail as far as being the lead protagonist in the game. And you've got all those other elements that they've already talked about and already shown at past E3 and, and other points in time. It's starting to shape up as a definitely wild ride from Kojima, but it's something that I may be very interested in picking up. Yeah, I want to know. It looks cool. It looks like a beautiful game. looks dark and haunting. I want to know more about it, though, because from what I like, they had made some vague references about it being like an always online game, and I don't understand that. Like, I don't, it looks like a big story experience, but I don't understand the, the idea of it being always online. That the only thing I can say, maybe because it, it's supposed to look like a single player experience to me, is that maybe the experience itself changes and gets fed in for you online depending on what decisions like I'm wearing mass effect right now. Remember mass effect was one of the first true games that gave you a decision. Okay. If I'm going to say this, this is going to happen. If I'm going to say this, that is going to happen. Maybe it's going to come down to a point where death stranding may be a type of game where if you go in one direction, this might be fed into your system to go ahead and experience. If you go on, take a right turn instead of a left turn, this may happen. That may be just too big for any, disc to hold or anything of that nature and it it could be so immersive that you might need to be always online to get that type of continual feed of information so that it can expand the game even further oh so it needs to always be pumping content from online i'm just guessing when you mentioned that statement that's the first thing when it comes to mind for me and and when it comes to a kojima type game that makes sense i i get that yeah i mean it i think that it's going to be like nothing we've ever seen before has a lot of cutting edge stuff and not just technology wise, but story wise. I think he's going to tell a story that it's going to tread grounds that we've never been on before. It kind of in the same way that God of War took the very emotional, a very emotional route from point A to point B. I think that Kojima is going to do something that's really going to push the boundaries, not just of gameplay, but of how we're capable of comprehending video game stories. I hope so. And it looks like something that we're all going to be looking forward to. I know you and I will be talking more about it in the future. And when it comes to Kojima and Death Stranding, it's something that's really going to leave a lot of different opinions out there as far as, well, just it could be way out there because when it comes to Kojima and video games, you never know where it's going to end up. What are your thoughts on the latest footage when it comes to Death Stranding? Share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also share us your thoughts on the Tokyo Game Show. Has it now regained a lot of its importance within the video game world, or do you think it ever lost it? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos, humanica media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So thank you everyone for listening to today's show. Be sure to listen in on Friday's PCC Multiverse, where we'll talk about Sony caving in to people with thoughts like ours on today's show, like we had on Crossplay. We're also going to talk VR and so much more, so stay tuned for that. That's Friday, the PCC Multiverse, when it hits the Pop Culture Cosmos channel or any one of our many radio outlets as well. And finally, I'm going to leave you with a big announcement that we've got for everyone out there. For those who have listened to this podcast, 
the Game Source podcast, either just now for the first time or whoever has listened to our episodes dating all the way back to its origin in 2009, my longtime compadre and cohort in crime for many, many years with Game Source, Mr. Jamie Monroy, aka Degenerate08, will be taking over future episodes of the show with his good friends, Tony, aka White Wolf Echo X, Jesse, aka Microspecs, and Kelly, aka Gray Wolf. They're all going to be part of a new lineup for the Game Source podcast, so look for that coming very soon to this channel right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Josh and I may sneak on from time to time because you know us, we're always talking the latest news and trends in pop culture and video games at least twice a week with the Pop Culture Cosmos, the PCC Multiverse, and even the PCC Gamescast as well. Thanks to Josh for being on the show today. This is Gerald saying it's another beautiful day in paradise right here on the Game Source Podcast. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.